Welcome to the Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. We're trying to wrap up this series on the Steiner's Gospel Series 2. Wrap up only because, like I said last week, it's been a lot. Yeah. And it's been much more intense than season one. Yeah. Um, I said something that um, the pattern of Paul's epistles are such that they start with doctrine and end with practice. Yeah. Do you remember that? Doctrine is of no use to you if it's not going to inform and influence your practice. Are you here? Let me start with this. I've always said I'm a disciple. I'm a teacher. I'm called to raise disciples because that's what Jesus sent us to the world to do. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Right? That's not an easy task. It's, easier, it's much easier to pastor a church than to raise disciples. Gather people, give them a great time. Prophesy or prophesy. Give them tokens that are shadows of what was to come. Totally ignore the fact that the substance is here. Keep them stuck and distracted in the shadows. Bamboozle them and let them know that you have, you're the only one that has what they need. You know, such that if they disconnected from you, then they were lost or they were cursed. And then devise multiple avenues to take their money. And enjoy their adulation. There's a textbook for that. There are textbooks for that. But making disciples, that's hard. That's hard. As touching doctrine, there are things I believe, understand and teach now. There are things I believe, understand and haven't taught yet. Then there are things I believe but haven't yet fully understood. And there are the things I simply do not and will not believe. When considered in the light of the word rightly divided. Oh, then there are things I believe and understand but may never teach at all. There are the things I would say or somewhat indulge for a season until I teach certain things. Doctrine is not set or changed in a vacuum. Which is why I am as aggressively given to teaching as I am. There are indeed things I used to teach but no longer believe now. Having understood better. But I shall not teach what I do not believe. And I shall not believe what is unfounded or what cannot be corroborated according to the scriptures rightly divided. With clarity of understanding will always come clarity of doctrine. That's the way of the student teacher. So help me God. I'm not teaching for performance. I'm not teaching for membership. And I'm not teaching for money. I'm not teaching for popularity. 
were teaching that the glory, knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And that this teaching is able to bring profiting to the believer. Are you following me? I've said all that to say that we can get so caught up in acquisition of knowledge that it doesn't translate to revelation. How you know you've received revelation is when you are doing what you have received. I repeat, how you know that you have received revelation is that you are doing what you received. Are you guys listening to me? If you received something you are not practicing, all it was is information. You can argue with yourself all you want. Until you are doing what you have believed, until you are doing what you have received, it's mere information. How you know you are walking in revelation is that you are doing it. Remember what I talked about, about the difference between something you are convinced about and something you have received conviction about? You remember? What you have received conviction about becomes your guiding principle. Yeah? Becomes your guiding principle. So you will generally gravitate in the direction of what you believe. In other words, you can't judge a person for concluding your conviction based on your action. You can't say they judged you unfairly. If they considered your actions and then put together your conviction. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why there's so much compromise. Just because we will not act according to our conviction. The gospel is nothing if it will not be acted upon. You are just a politician if you will not leave out L-I-V-E, the gospel. There's no difference between you and the people you're saying are, are charlatans in politics and charlatans in government if you also are acting contrary to your convictions. What you have believed, what have you done with it? How much did that drive you to act the gospel? Because you see, it's easy to get caught up in the senseless pursuit of knowledge and have no wisdom. Because wisdom is the scriptural application of knowledge. Does that make sense? Knowledge rightly applied equals wisdom. You know what something does. You know when to put that thing to do what it's supposed to do. That's when you're wise. It doesn't matter if you know that salt consists of sodium and chloride. If you make a cup of tea and put salt in it, you're not wise. You have information. You're not wise. You have knowledge. You're not wise. If you're at home and you have a cot and you can't do basic first aid because you are, look, you don't have spirit. But you have a perfume on your walk, you're not wise. Because your standard perfume has enough percentages of acetol, methanol, and spirit. That's why spirit is called rubbing alcohol. 
So if you had a cut in your hand and you're looking for spirit, grab your perfume and spray it on it. Shout for joy. Because you will shout for joy. Or if you are proud, you go, mm. So now you know that this, you know the spirit disinfects and causes blood to congeal and clot. You just didn't know that there's traces of spirit in your perfume. So you had knowledge, but you didn't have wisdom. Because when your cut happened, you didn't have spirit. You're in a do have spirit, do have spirit. We only have flesh. I mean, you know. Are you getting the point? So really, wisdom is the right application of knowledge. That's what makes you wise. Are you here now? What do these scriptures say? What are you doing with what the scriptures say? These things I write to you, most excellent Theophilus Acts 1 and 1, of all the things that Christ began both to do and to teach. He did and taught. He taught and did. Not one at the expense of the other. Are you here now? He did and he, that's Jesus, your pattern. He didn't just come teaching. Do what I say, but not what I do. That's his calm. He came doing and teaching. Teaching and doing. He wasn't teaching forgiveness and not forgiving. Woman, where are your accusers? Does no one accuse you? No one condemns you? Well, neither do I. He who could condemn chose not to. He who could judge forgave. He who could condemn justified. So when he tells us 70 times 7, he knows what he's saying. When Paul says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you, he knows what he's saying. Makes sense? He did and taught. He taught and did. You have known since. What, what, what has he produced in you? Let us see transformation. Not education. You see, there's a fine line between edification and education. You can, go, you can get caught up in education and you are not receiving or working in edification. So let's walk the gospel. Follow him. Be as him. Live as him. Practice what he practiced. Speak how he spoke. Love how he loved. Forgive how he forgave. Give how he gave. God, Jesus gave himself for you, even so you ought to give yourselves one another. Remember when I taught you earlier in this series, church consciousness, that he, he's on the cross he did one thing, but that thing that he did, did another thing. There's what the cross did. There's what, what the cross did, did. So every time you see a parallel between what Jesus did and what he calls you to do, we can spend so much time trying to figure out. Mm. Mm. You search the scriptures. Mm. And somebody reads, let no vain speech proceed from your mouth. And that one verse, their whole life changes. Somebody comes and gets light and is running with it. You are chasing acquisition of knowledge that has not been converted to value. 
Can I say something provocative? It is easier to steal from you what you are not using. There's earrings that you have not worn for three years. I promise you, and I don't even know where they are. And if they are where you left them. And then it comes up. I, I used to have this. And you start looking for it. Somebody harvested it. So now this car that I'm using. Now that's the only car. The car is in my compound. I come out and I'm coming to church. And I don't realize that the car has been stolen. Is it possible? Because not only am I using it, I'm depending on the car. Do you understand? I depend on it. The car cannot be missing. And I'm not aware. For that car to be missing and I'm not aware, there's, it's probably the third or fourth or fifth car parked somewhere, maybe in a mechanic shop or somewhere, and I totally have forgotten that there's such a vehicle. What you are using cannot be stolen. So you know what? Sometimes we are swayed by every wind of doctrine. You go to a church, you hear a program, you go for a revival, you hear something, and then your doubts plants into your heart and you start to be unstable as water and not excelling because you're not using what you believed. So when the enemy comes and sows stars and you don't know, they've removed the battery of your car. But you don't start your car every day to, to run it and be sure it's running so you have no clue the battery is missing. Until one day you come out and there's an emergency and you crank the car. Alas. Battery was missing and it wasn't that day. What you're, what you're using will not be stolen without your knowledge. And what you've received about the gospel, have you packed it in a place along with other vehicles? And lost touch of them. Are they in that box with other earrings and other clothes that you wear seasonally that you can't even tell what state they are in? Or is this your daily driver? There's something called a daily driver in the world of mobility, automobiles, and even the world of, 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 of smartphones. You have a phone as a daily driver. Or a vehicle. That's the one you, the one you butter. The one you use all the time. Does that make sense? For instance, nobody has a Rolls Royce Phantom and we'll take you to what market? It's not a daily driver. Like a Corolla. You get the point, right? It's the gospel you have received. A novelty. The one you bring out for special occasions. It's the gospel you have received. Being treated as a phantom. Because God didn't send you. He didn't send you to build a special garage. And put a carport. Because it's precious. That's not what precious means. In terms of God's word. You show your value of God's word. By how much you use it. Not how much you pack it. Decorate it and wash it. That makes sense now? Is this basic enough for you to understand? The word of God is for application. When you read the word. Is it what you can readily apply? Is the gospel what you can run with? Or is it what you resort to occasionally? Most times when you want to score a point, it's easy for you to judge somebody based on the gospel you know. It's easy for you to tell somebody, and look, oh, church consciousness, oh. When you are pulling somebody else up. It's easier to guilt trip them with church consciousness. The Christ conscious believer. 
When you're pointing your finger at somebody else. When you're looking at somebody else. Than to look at yourself and say, hold up. I descend. I, I. I descend the Lord's body. Not maybe. Descend the Lord's body now. That's easy. Romans 14, 4 says, who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master. He stands or falls. Oh, and he will stand. For God is able to make him. So, newsflash, I won't fall because you judged me falling. No, we stand too firm to be tripped by somebody else's assessment of us. Too firm. We know in whom we have believed. He's able to keep that which you have entrusted to his hand until that day. That you call me fallen doesn't, it's not enough for me to fall. The word is for application. The word is for doing. That's the practice of the gospel. Otherwise, you find yourself just amassing information. And you become a dam that's just receiving. Receiving. Feeling deep because you're a still water. You know, it's lakes that don't flow that are deep. Rivers need dredging because they flow. And so they take stuff with them, silt and other things. Sediments. So you can be feeling deep. They're just a lake or a well. You understand? Deep to no end. Deep with no benefit. You sound deep. Then what? Can quote all the scriptures. Then what? You get up in morning devotions in your workplace and you scatter everybody because you're the only one that knows the scriptures nobody else knows. Then what? After morning devotion, who are you? Can we see the gospel in you? The gospel worked in us transformation. The gospel worked for us salvation. The gospel works through us ministry. All three are working together. We must leave out our transformation. We must. Say we must. must. Let's wrap up and look at a little bit more practice of the gospel. Ephesians 5. We left left off in verse 4. Chapter 4, I beg your pardon. 5 and 1. Is this helping anybody? Therefore, be imitators of God as their children. As their children. Be imitators of God. Two. And walk in love. As Christ. See that example again. Of what the cross did. And what, what the cross did. Did. As Christ also has loved us. And giving himself for us. Giving himself for us there is what? Referring to his sacrifice on the cross. In this context, what is the sacrifice of Christ showing you? How to walk in love. In a manner of speaking. It's not saying for you to go and give yourself on the cross. I will die for you. Be careful. Most of you that say you will die for love. (laughs) Ordinary knockout in your compound. All man for himself. So no, scripture is not saying that you should go to the cross for somebody. Yes, sir, yes, sir. See, that thing was not a joke. 
But the practicality of his sacrifice taught us or teaches us, should teach us to go the extra mile for those we love. That's the moral of the story, contextually. Walk in love. So every time you walk in love, you're discerning the Lord's body and you're honoring his sacrifice. Such that every time you don't walk in love, you are dishonoring his body and desecrating his sacrifice. If you look at it that, that way, it becomes more practical for you. That every time I don't walk in love, I'm bringing reproach to the cross. Because one of the cardinal examples of the cross was to show me how to walk in love, not just to forgive my sins. Does this make sense? And it's, it's honestly, I'm not saying this to, to downplay it, but it's honestly very simple. Hear the word, do it. Leave analysis first. Hear the word, do it. When you hear walking love, what does that mean? Walking love. Simple. Sir, what if a, a, a scenario walk until you reach that scenario? Because again, it's a very African thing. Whenever you bring up such conspiracy theories, right? Bring up such possible worst case scenarios. You are, all, you are doing that to abdicate the responsibility that has been put on you. What if when we are walking in love, it now come and happen that, you know, this person now come and get there first. Because if love never fails, when you get there, love will see you through. Except if love suddenly started to fail. And that's why personally, when people say to me, I love you, Pav. (laughs) I smile. Because what happens when you don't feel like it? What happens when I don't seem lovable? What happens when I pull you up on something? You get offended. You don't love me. You just had a momentary crush. Love is a commitment. And I'm talking both male and female. It's a commitment. It's a preference, right? I, I, I choose to see you. I prefer, prefer you. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Kung kung. And then when life comes at you, kung kung. I've learned to say I love you to the people I love when I'm the most hurt at them. I've learned to tell you I love you for myself. To remind myself of my commitment to you in spite of you. I've learned to go past my feelings. I've learned that it's not when it feels great that love is present. Walk in love. It will not always feel nice. It will not, I promise you. But the more you do that, the more you develop an, a reinforcement technique. You're teaching your mind. This is your, this is your safe place. This is your default state. This is your safe place. This is what the Lord, your example, your pattern will have you do. So there's hardly anybody I've pulled up without constantly emphasizing to them, I love you. You know I love you. 
I'm doing this because I, I will enter you. And I will constantly enforce to you that I'm doing this because I love you. Love is practical. That's what Jesus showed. Ephesians 5. Verse 3. But fornication, pornia, and all uncleanliness or covetousness. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Covetousness starts to well up. Listen to me. Be resentment, envy always starts off as covetousness. It's you craving what the, the other person, it's not just craving what the other person has. It's craving the possibility that what that person has, has brought up. You didn't get it. You having something is one thing. That you can have this thing is the problem. Do you understand? Uh-huh. And you. you, do, you, do, you do you understand it? It's not that the person has it. Is that, is that that particular person having it has thrown up a possibility that exists and that possibility is not enjoyed by you? No, now something's wrong. So you cannot be thankful genuinely. So covetousness is you now trying to lay hold of why, why is it that it's that person that has it? Do they have two heads? Anything that seems to be working means let's all get into it. That's where it is now. Rather than support you in your venture. Instead, let's saturate the venture. You know what I mean by saturate? Overrun it. Commonize it. Kill it. You see that is working for hell of us. It's not working. And the church must take her place in the practice of the gospel. To stem this tide and reverse it. Because it's eating away at the fabric of the society. Envy always starts off as covetousness. Desiring what you have seen somebody else has. And shows you, oh, oh, eh? Eh? You like a guy. Nothing wrong with that. The guy makes his choice. It's not you. And he doesn't have your spirit. So he doesn't know your mind. You now see him with the cheek of his dreams. You look at the chick. And then instantly you see how you could have been better. Auntie, you, you need Jesus. You, you have Christ in you. Yeah? You need Jesus. Because <laughs> your matter is like, is Christ Jesus? That will help you. No. And your entire body is in spasms of jealousy. You haven't seen people whose fingers vibrate when they see some people or some people with some people. They are pulsating, they are precipitating, they are, their entire body is raging. So the car, that's the car I dreamt of having. You saw me. That's, and it's Nigerian, it's a foul spirit. You see someone with the phone. Hey! Do you know how many years I've been dreaming of this phone. You have not congratulated the person. You have not. You have not even thought of sending the first airtime to the person. 
and you overshadow somebody's goodness. Overshadow somebody's advantage or benefit because you cannot genuinely rejoice over somebody's win. If you wanted the phone, you always wanted it. This person getting it doesn't do anything to your want. It doesn't. It doesn't. You celebrate what God is doing for somebody. Paul says these things should not so much be heard among you. How much more noticed. So Paul goes to the root of the formation of carnality. Not even the manifestation. Did you get it? He goes to the formation. The conceptualization. The thought. What births it? He goes to it. Don't even let it be so much as heard among you. It's not not a case we want to even be judging. Practice of the gospel. Put it back up. Five and two. Are you getting this? Let it not be three. Let it not be named among you as is fitting for saints. As is fitting for saints. What is fitting for saints is that these things are not named among us. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking we talked about that over and over and over. We dealt with that. No, coarse jesting. We talked about that earlier as well. Look at you. Look at how your hair looks. So because you're fine now, we cannot hear what? Just this common 10K makeup. If you now get Medicare products, start to finish. Or Marylebone, or whatever those things are called. Hey, that means we'll have to vacate the whole church for you. And that's the Nigerian way of talking. Celebrate what is good. So that everyone is good. It's not because somebody has wore a nice shirt that yours is not nice. It's not your shirt they took and wore. Do you understand? The shirt that would have ended up your own. They now chanced it. When they, once they bought that phone, they foreclosed the, the possibility of you ever owning the phone. No, that's not true. It's only one job they took. Do you understand? One job. There's only one place. Only one husband. Men are plenty. Mm-hmm. Sisters are six to one. To brothers. Yeah, six to one. So sisters are plenty. There are many, many feces. It's only my wife I married. My own. Do you understand? It's only her husband she married. She didn't marry plus your own. How does the one that I always wanted, thou shalt dream and thou shalt want again? Coerce jesting. Do it. I was correcting somebody the other day how improper it is for you to. Um, oh, bless. Ah, I don't like your hair. You have no right. You have no right. The person that barbed the hair didn't barb it for you. The person that died it didn't die it for you. That dreaded it or packed it or did cornrows to it didn't do it for you. You don't walk up to someone and say, I don't like your hair. That's why it's not your hair. Are you following me now? 
It will take a level of koinonia for you to get to the point where the person in question can ask what you think and then you use the platform that avails to answer honestly and even then you must be tactical and objective. So, ah, you look good. I don't like your hair. And you just switch the person down. Then we are now all struggling to wind the person back up and people bounce back at different levels. And somebody's conscious all through the service. Because they ah, why is your dress too short? Why did your eyes, why is your eye too big? Why is your eyes so big? There's only the short skirt you saw. Oh, Pharisee. That's right, too big. I thought they said, Look unto Jesus. And only the demerits you see. Only the demerits. Only the faults. You never celebrate the good. The day that person who is struggling with their fashion sense cleans up, you don't have the decency to say, My God, you look amazing today. And that person goes back and thinks, Oh, okay. Wow. You encourage it. Makeup did not reduce in the world because it's on somebody's face. And not on your face. If there's scarcity, nobody will think awesome. You see how practical the gospel is? Ah, so now you have you have put pancake on your face. You cannot see road again. When I ask you, so AJ, did you compliment Chidos? He said, Yes, I did. Because in your mind. Your jesting was a compliment. No coarse jesting. How does the TPT put that verse? I need to get out of here. Ephesians 5 and 3 in the TPT. In verse 4 actually. In my Bible, when I see all these things, I actually write on there. Kingdom culture. Every time I see the practice of the gospel in my Bible, I identify it and I write there, kingdom culture. Because it's for practice. Are you listening to me? Colossians 3, 4, 5. See the whole thing there? Kingdom culture. It's not a joke. It's what guards your life. It has to guard your life. You want to do something. Your flesh is suggesting something to you. You remember what the word of God says. And even if you're the only one doing it, you ignore popular opinion and stick to the word. Or else hear me, especially those of you young people, you will not go far. Let's dunk you in a drum of anointing oil. Anointing doesn't build character. It doesn't. Pray in tongues all you like. It doesn't build character. It's obedience to God's word that shapes a man. Obedience to God's word is what shapes a man. Not jingoism and charismatics. Ephesians 5, 4 in the TPT. It's the culture of the kingdom. So we keep circling back to it every time, you know? Almost every series. After we do doctrine, we'll come back to practice. Guard your speech. Tell the neighbor, guard your speech. Forsake obscenities. And worthless insults. These are nonsensical words. 
that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. See how practical it is? Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out in your words. Verse 5. Stay there. For it has been made clear to you that already the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin or who is impure or greedy. For greed is the essence of idolatry. How could they expect to have an inheritance in Christ's kingdom while doing these things? Next verse. Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious sons of disobedience. Disobedience as in rejecting the message of the gospel. Don't listen to them or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sin's darkness. Once. But now you have the very light of our Lord. Shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to leave us children flooded with his revelation light. That's your mission. 11. Go to 11. Don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. Don't associate with them. Reveal truth to them. 15. So be careful how you leave. Not being like those with no understanding. But live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times. <laughs> it couldn't be any more true than it is now. Redeeming the time. For the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, King James in the 17. You King James, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 18, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the opposite of being drunk with wine. In other words, if you're filled with the Spirit, you will not need to depend on the intoxication of alcohol. Some of us are already too high. <laughs> Some of us are already too high. You know, there's no, we're too high, perpetually. Do you understand we are not under an influence. We are inside. You died. Your lives are hid with Christ in God. So you are filled with the Spirit. You don't need alcohol's assistance. You don't need substances. When the substance. <laughs> the substance is in you. You don't need substances to watch this. Substantiate your spiritual reality. We have the substance. Speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, 18. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. All things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. One another. I could go on. But guys, this thing is pointless if you're not practicing it. Before you give yourself a pat on the back and say, I'm trying. 
I said over and over, if you're, if you're the only one that knows you're growing, you're not growing so much. We should also tell you you're growing. And we want nothing more. Right? Than to celebrate your growth with you. I said last week about don't be found in a place where you're always having to apologize. I'm not saying apology is wrong. I'm saying you should grow past having to repeat the same vices over and over again. We publish the gospel. We practice the gospel. And we prove the gospel. We put the gospel on display. We show the people that are watching that the gospel is real. People can live by the gospel differently. What excuse do you have to not believing for the truth? And then what leverage do you have to try and reach the lost? When by normal standards they are better off. Yes, you have the advantage of a living hope. Yes, thank God for your hope. Prove the gospel. Tell your neighbor, prove the gospel. Prove the gospel. Do the gospel. And as I've said for years, it starts with one house at a time. Galvanize all our thoughts. Be of one mind. Right? One heart, one spirit, one soul. Everything about us should be one. That's when the gospel makes sense in this earth. You have solved the mortality problem. We have solved the forgiveness of sin issue. Can we deal with the earth issue? Can we deal with the kingdom culture issue? And how the gospel translates to that kingdom culture? Of the acquisition of knowledge, the wise man said, there shall be no end. And you'll never stop learning. Doctrine, you'll never finish it. You'll never finish. Doctrine will finish when we see him. Because he's the telos of all doctrine. You understand? We're all doing this one now because we'd see in part. First Corinthians 13. When we see him, all is complete, all is whole. So this is, this is recital expectation. Yeah? You know when you go for a recital? It's like a rehearsal. Yeah? It's, it's the real thing, but it's not the real thing. It's as the real thing, but it's not the real thing. Until it's the real thing. That's a recital. That's what we are. We are not, we're supposed to leave as tokens of where we're going. Here. Now. Be light here. Now. Walk in love here. Now. Keep away vain speech. Here. Now. No covetousness. No immorality. Here. Now. It's not, it is not works. It is works. Yeah, it's not works for righteousness. It's works in righteousness. It's works in righteousness. Works fitting for saints. You ought to give him praise. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234 70 888 
Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.